Side Hustle Show 150, five steps to turn your hobby into a business. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. All right, Merry Christmas. Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Today's guest uh, joins us by request, by popular demand. It's my favorite side hustler of all time, with uh, apologies, of course, to all uh, all the other guests who have shared awesome stories. Of course, I'm talking about my beautiful bride, Bryn, is here today. And before we get into it, we have an announcement to make. I am excited and <laughs> excited slash terrified to say we have a, a new addition to the side hustle family on the way. Coming next next month, actually. So, about a month from now. Uh, about a month from today, <laughs> we're uh, starting to be in the final countdown, the final freakout mode. So we thought, hey, we better record this before there is a screaming baby in the background. So we're, we're excited. So um, it's it's a new adventure. So Bryn is a uh, is a mechanical engineer with an artistic side. Today we're going to talk about five steps to turn a hobby into a business, and. Of course, you know, to turn a hobby into a business starts with a hobby. And as a couple of listeners pointed out after the episode I did with John Rauta, hey, of course it helps if your hobby is something like app development or writing. You know, that's an easy one to, to monetize. Like my adult softball league playing or skiing hobbies are unlikely to become revenue positive in, uh, in the near term. But in this case, we're talking about Bryn's photography business. And I think it's a business that parallels a lot of other local service businesses. So hopefully you can find some uh, some takeaways there. So, Bryn, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Thanks for having me. I've always liked taking pictures. I'm, I'm the photographer when we go on vacation. I probably got my first digital camera when I graduated from high school. Am I dating myself? And then um, slowly progressed to getting, you know, nicer, fancier cameras, um, that type of thing. A, a couple years ago, I, you know, I, I became one of those people that bought a, a DSLR, tried to figure out how it worked. And, and uh, yeah, so always loved taking pictures and was perfectly happy just taking them until, you know, the gear started to get expensive. And even then I was still enjoying it and having fun, hanging out with friends who also like to take pictures, things like that. And my reaction to you wanting to get a fancy camera was what? You weren't that interested in it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think you bought me one for Christmas once, but I, I, I bet there was a lot of like, you know, subtle, not so subtle hinting at, at, <laughs> at maybe getting me one of those. It's like, you already have a camera. What do you need this fancy one for? Yeah. So in order to turn this hobby into a business, what was... What was the kind of first step down that progression? I don't think it was a conscious decision to turn the hobby into a business. The business that I guess I, I guess, I guess I run, um, is with a friend. Her name is Brooke. So it's Brooke and Bryn Photography. Um, and this all got started actually, this idea that you could actually make money doing this got started when Brooke's wedding photographer actually, uh, was in town and needed some assistance. You know, he wanted some additional coverage at one of his weddings. And so, um, he actually hired Brooke and then at, he came back again to the Bay Area and Brooke wasn't available. So she passed along my name. And so I helped him as well. So the two of us had a couple opportunities to assist or sort of apprentice underneath him. And I think we realized how much we enjoyed shooting weddings. Um, the 
potential to make money doing it, that type of thing. And so we, I think that bug got planted at that point, but we weren't quite ready to jump in and do something like that. As you know, weddings are big deals. So we spent the better part of the rest of that year doing pictures for friends, Christmas cards, a lot of Christmas cards that year, that type of thing. All for free. All for free. Yeah. Okay. Just to, you know, get experience, see how much we really like doing it, figure out how our cameras work, that type of thing. Yeah. So that's cool that the guy gave you an opportunity to to apprentice without any... Uh, Formal experience? Yeah. I knew how to use a camera, but yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and, and we got paid. So um, that was probably the first time that we actually got money to to take pictures, which was which was kind of cool. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, paid apprenticeship opportunity there. Um, what else uh, was going on that time? So finding a finding a partner, I think, to start this thing was was really helpful. Was there other things that kind of gave you the confidence to say, hey, maybe there maybe there is something here? What really helped a lot um, with turning this into a business was having having a partner, having Brooke. You know, if you're a little hesitant about these kinds of things, you know, should I jump into starting a business? Should I, you know, am I good enough? These types of things. It's, it's nice to have somebody else there who's either just as insure as you or um, also willing to give you that confidence boost you need. Like, no, I think we're good. Yeah, me too. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. You know, kind of like before you go out, you want someone to tell you your outfit looks nice so you don't have to change it again. <laughs> um, that type of thing. You know, just just a little extra boost to help you get over that hump because going at it alone, I admire people that do it, but um, it's definitely a lot more difficult. Yeah. So no one is like, oh, that's what you're wearing? <laughs> Not yet. I'm a little nervous to be recording this because I normally record when no one's no one's home and when you are around, you're always like, oh, you got your radio voice going. Yeah, I know. Nick's got a podcast voice. It's very different than his everyday voice. No, yes. no, no, no. Okay, so uh, step two. So step one was, you know, finding this support group, finding this potential apprenticeship, finding a partner, somebody to, you know, mentor you along this process. What's What was step two? So the next thing, you know, we sort of were dabbling in the idea of, okay, maybe we can turn this into a business. But we don't really have a way to showcase the pictures we've taken. You know, like I said, we we taken pictures on on trips. We taken pictures of our family. So for me, it's Mochi and Nick. Um, Brooke has two kids, um, so you know she had that kind of experience. But we didn't really have anywhere to showcase this. So we actually we we built a portfolio, and I use air quotes when I say portfolio because um, for us it was you know just putting up some pictures on a website. We use Blogger, which Nick now looks back and laughs and says, how could I have let you build a website on Blogger? But it took they're two gonna, minutes. <laughs> they're going to pull my WordPress fanboy card if I <laughs> if we say a Blogger. But yeah, very quick and, uh, and simple way to get started in for free. Yeah, for free. It was super easy. But both Brooke and I had blogs on Blogger at some point in our life. So it was a real quick interface um, to get things going. And we actually quickly transitioned away from Blogger and you know set ourselves up with WordPress, all of that fancy business. But yeah, started out... Um, Started out with Blogger, put some pictures up, just a place to direct people if they were interested in seeing some of our work. Okay. Brookandbryn.com, Brooke with an E and Bryn, B-R-Y-N. Okay, so you've got the website up you just to have a showcase of your uh, the pictures that you've taken, kind of what kind of stuff that you shoot, but no no weddings at this point. No, no weddings yet. I mean, I think I ta- I'd taken one or two pictures at a friend's wedding, but I don't even think I put those ones up. So, yeah, so no wedding photos, but lots of pictures of, of friends. Okay. And then what what happened after that? It all kind of happened at the same time. We put the portfolio together and we said, you know, yeah, this could, we could try this, right? Yeah, let's just, just see what happens. So um, we decided we were going to uh, 
post an ad on Craigslist, advertising our skills, seeing if there was anybody out there that might be willing to hire two photographers that had some experience shooting weddings, but didn't really have any wedding photos in our portfolio. You know, we had pictures of, of people doing fun, cute things, but yeah, no actual weddings in our portfolio. Yeah, I think this is an important distinction to make that, you know, every every professional starts out as an amateur. Like, you don't get to you know, all of a sudden, you know, start, put your put your flag in the sand and say, "Hey, I'm I'm a pro now." Kind of, there's a process to to get there. So I like that one a lot. And I was probably like, "Dude, no one is looking for wedding photographers on Craigslist." Oh my gosh, I did not think anybody was going to be looking for a wedding photographer on Craigslist. But then one of our friends was like, "Oh yeah, that's totally where I found mine." But um, yeah, didn't think that that was going to be the best uh, place to start. But you know, people are looking for bargains on Craigslist, and at that point, we were we were bargain priced, so. Um, it actually ended up making a lot of sense after the fact. <laughs> yeah, you guys, what, you guys, like a half a dozen inquiries in the. Oh my gosh! In the first day, we probably had five or six people email us um, about shooting their wedding. It was the hugest confidence boost ever to get that much, uh, to get that kind of response so quickly, for sure. That's awesome. What were you, what were you charging? <laughs> Two hundred dollars. And well, some people had a a different reaction. Over the past couple of years now that we've been doing this, you know, the price has gone up and the $200 price take, there were a lot, there was a lot of skepticism. I mean, rightly so to some extent, you know, we didn't have a lot of uh, wedding photos, any in our portfolio. We didn't have a lot of wedding experience. And this is for, you know, this is a very important day for everybody that's emailing us and they don't want us to ruin it. You know, what if we didn't show up? What if we were, you know, we were too amateur for this, yeah. that type of thing. So Lots of questions. Actually, as we raised our price over the, the, the course of the year, actually, we ended up doubling our price, I think, by the end of the week. Um, and um, as we slowly increased our price, the questions, um, they were less skeptical. People were less skeptical of, of our abilities. Yeah, that's funny. There's, there's such a thing as pricing too low. Yes. Lots, like of, lots of concerns there. <laughs> so do you, remember your first, do you remember your first customer? Were you like stressed out about you know, making sure you had a contract or a business license or anything at that point? Let's see, we, we had a contract, something pretty low key telling them, you know, what we would be providing for, for the fee, that type of thing. Um, you know, we weren't as concerned with making sure we had um, backups of all of the pictures or that type of thing, only because there were two of us. So, you know, you already had an automatic backup. Um, we were, we were, we were nervous, but the couple was really calm. They were super mellow. So that made it easy. And they were actually, they weren't even planning on having a photographer. That was it. They weren't planning on having a photographer. So we were like an added bonus, which kind of took a lot of the pressure off. And that was, you know, the first year, most of the folks that hired us were people that were already, you know, unsure of ha having a professional photographer. They were just planning on having friends take pictures, that type of thing. So that helped ease us into it, I guess. Okay. Yeah, but getting that first customer and even getting the the inquiries or the responses back to the ad uh, was a very you know, big confidence booster. And say, hey, maybe there maybe there is something to this. So, so we had step one, you know, find a partner or a mentor. Uh, step two, kind of build that portfolio of work, even if it's for free. And then step three, hey, find a paying customer number one. Find somebody willing to pay, even if it's a ridiculously low price for uh, for that service. Yeah, I think if you. Instead of trying to think about, oh, I want somebody to pay me, thinking about it as just that first step, you know, it's like selling your, selling your first thing. It's, it's less about the money at that point and more about, oh, people will actually pay me to do this. And yeah, the confidence boost it gives you is huge. And, you know, had we not gotten any inquiries, 
Um, had we not gotten hired within the first week or two, I honestly don't know if we would still be doing this. You know, we probably would have said, huh, well, guess there's no real market out there for <laughs> us to break into. So, hey, we tried. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> on to the next thing. <laughs> no demand. I remember, and I have a whole episode on my first, you know, getting my first sale in, you know, five or six different businesses. And I remember in the, in the shoe business, like I was in a hotel room in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and had just, turned on like the very first advertising for this, for this site. And at the end, like I went to work, so it was still side hustling and came back to the hotel that night and checked and had like $24 in sales. Like someone bought some like Rockport shoes through the site. I was like, Oh my God, this might work. This is crazy. So I love (laughs) all of those first sales stories. I love. Okay. So uh, what was, what was step number four? We we gave ourselves a raise. (laughs) Um, we soon realized that, uh, that $200, you know, for at the wedding for eight hours and then the next, you know, eight to 16 hours after for each of us for, for editing and that type of thing. We were, we weren't, we weren't at a real amazing hourly rate, but that was okay. You know, we were, we were, you know, getting our confidence boosts. We were building our portfolio, things like that. But, uh, slowly over the course of the past couple of years, we've been, we've been raising our rates, um, to make it a little bit more, um, more lucrative or, you know, just, um, it may, we're making it more of a real side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing, you know, having it as a side hustle, it gives you a little bit more luxury, a little bit more flexibility to raise those rates. Cause you have, you almost have to have the, the willingness to, to walk away. Say, I don't, I don't, I don't need this customer because, you know, it's not, it's not worth it for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, that's the benefit for Brooke and I, as you know, with this being a side hustle, it's it's not a necessity, thankfully, for our, our main source of income. So it is just fun. And as soon as it's not fun, you know, I, I imagine we'll stop doing it. But for now, it's fun. And that means that, you know, there's a certain amount that we now think we want to make per wedding to make it worth our while to make, you know, so that we enjoy it. We, we love going to weddings, honestly. <laughs> um, although I am looking forward to the next wedding I get to go to where we're not taking pictures. I don't know when that'll be. But um uh, I do love going to weddings and, you know, we love dancing with everybody. Um, we're those photographers. And um... <laughs> hey, I wanted to jump in here with a quick note about pricing because I am 100% guilty of being the person who undervalues their their work and their time. And one example that comes to mind is in the painting business that I ran in college, I would underbid work like like it was my job, right? I was afraid, and it, and it came from a place of fear. I was afraid of not getting, if, if I price too high, I'm not going to get hired, I'm not going to get the job. And number two, I'm not going to have enough work to keep my crew busy, to keep my team busy. And I think it just kind of, it comes with experience and it comes with confidence that that experience brings. Um, at our end of the year banquet, I remember hearing this story of, you know, one of the top producing uh, managers, and he had bid this job for like $2,000. And the, you know, the homeowner called him back and said, hey, I, I noticed your bid was $2,000. I got another bid that was $1,200. And they went back and forth on this um, a handful of different times. And ultimately, this is the line he said he delivered. Mrs. Smith, I think we both know you don't want a $1,200 paint job. And it was just having the confidence to say that, having the confidence in his ability to deliver value on that higher price tag was was what allowed him to to be able to you know name that price. And the second factor is just you know market forces, right? So if you're you know if you're 10x above or below you know what everyone else is charging, people you know no one operates in a vacuum, right? So there's always going to be um, some comparisons between what other services are out there. So there's 
um, you know, market factor as well when it comes to pricing. So be aware of what other people are charging and see if you can find yourself in, uh, in that general range as well. All right, let's get back to the conversation. One thing that I've seen as the as your rates have increased is the the clients become you know it's a different clientele you know from a two hundred dollar wedding to a you know what do you charge now mm, thirty like three between three and thirty five hundred dollars right wow that's awesome see this is a good side hustle so I've seen kind of like you know the venues are a little bit nicer the the decor the surroundings a little bit nicer and there's kind of a snowball effect for uh, both for referrals and for that portfolio it's like hey, you've taken some now some very nice pictures and some very nice venues and that kind of snowballs into other clients or it kind of rolls into any other clients of that caliber yeah totally I mean um you know we started out the First, second year, first or second year, and, and you know, got a, an initial referral, and that single referral has, I think, brought us another two or three or four more weddings, um, just word of mouth, that type of thing. And yeah, I mean, as these weddings, um, you know, we, we've done some very beautiful, very gorgeous weddings, and and it's very easy to make those types of <laughs> weddings look very nice in pictures, and and that you know definitely helps. And so it's just slow baby steps, um, things like that. It's funny the the word of mouth stuff because uh, you know everyone I ask, hey, what's the most effective way of getting clients? And without fail, everyone will say word of mouth. But as a as a podcast host, I'm trying to pull out like tactics and stuff. Like that's kind of a sucky answer because it's like I, I you know give me something to do. I like that ad on Craigslist. Uh, we you know we did X Y and Z and this is what happened. But the funny thing is it's like, you know, once you put yourself out there, it's the the word of mouth, you know, just kind of happens. I found the same thing in the painting business. You never know, who, you know, what house you're going to knock on. You know, maybe they don't need this service today. Maybe they have, you know, we talked about this before, a rental property across town. Or maybe they have a neighbor who's who was out of town when you knocked on their door who might need some help. And the, and the word of mouth kind of can accelerate uh, from there. So, so point number four was uh, give yourself a raise. The world is not going to explode. And you know, just having the, the confidence to say, hey, if, if I don't get this gig, that's uh, that's okay. Yep. What's point number five for you? What's uh, number five? Five was um, invest in yourself and your hustle. So um, actually the first year, at the end of the first year, we probably thanks to you telling us we should do some of this stuff, but um, <laughs> we uh, decided we should attend a wedding show, a local wedding show. Because some of the larger ones over in, in San Francisco, things like that can be thousands of dollars. But the local wedding show was, was $250, which honestly was a really big deal for us. You know, considering we were charging about $200 for a wedding, you know, $250 was essentially, I mean, more than the cost, more than we were making on, on, a, on a single wedding. So Yeah, um, with equipment expenses, software expenses, like you probably were just about break even by the end of this first year. Yeah, that, that's about where we were. So yes, yeah, so, so $250, even split between the two of us, we were, I mean, we didn't, we hemmed and hawed a minute, um, but we did it. And actually it was great. Um, We probably got two or three, at least more weddings the following year as a result of that initial $250 investment in, in the wedding show. And we found that doing these local shows, these smaller shows, you know, at a specific venue um, have actually really, really paid off for us. Um, we haven't done one of the larger ones, mostly because the smaller ones have actually been working out well for us. But yeah, no, we, we found that they're um, a good middle point between, um, you know, there's a, 
it's a local, it's a local venue. So the folks that are coming, the couples that are coming, um, are, are looking for somebody. It's very specific, um, and who's worked with that venue potentially before. And it's not the gigantic one where there's thousands and thousands of people and, you know, yeah. you don't really get a real personal touch either. Yeah. I really like going to these, you go, going where your customers are. I mean, that's like, I guess marketing probably 101, but they're on a very early episode of the side hustle show. Emma Perez talked about her like wedding dance. I don't know, like first dance training uh, business that she was running on the side and say, hey, I had a lot of success going to these venue specific shows because that's where that's where the customers were. And that's how we were able to uh, to get in front of them. What other, you know, partnerships with the, you do any sort of like other partnerships with these venues or other kind of marketing to get the business going after um, that first year? Let's see. So we we talk with the, the various venues whenever we are doing, whenever we're photographing there and, and see if we can get on their preferred vendor list, which is kind of like the short list that they give to their couple. So just talking to the different vendors and seeing how, how you get on that list. We also did the, you know, the all of the different social media type things. So Facebook, Yelp, Google+, Plus, um, try to do some SEO. We, we Again, converted our blog over to WordPress, that type of thing. Um, from the Facebook, Yelp, Google, we also have an Instagram as well. Point of view, I think Facebook has probably been the the most helpful if you're going to, at least for us, focus your energy because it was a good way for you know, as it said, word of mouth is important, and so we set up a Facebook page for Brook and Bryn, but then it allows us to share with our friends as well as our clients the photos, and and so what'll happen is you know a friend might. Say, hey, I've got a friend, Brooke and Bryn, who do photography, and then they can easily just share our Facebook page with them. So that's probably been the best place as far as where we see an effort. The blog is also really important. But yeah, from the, the standpoint of Instagram and Yelp and all those other things, Facebook's probably paid off the most. Okay, because you can tag the you tag the people who are in the photos. Exactly. And so then it kind of reaches... A new, it goes into their feed. Right. And then actually we tag each other. So we, we put up a picture on our Facebook page, tag the folks that are in the picture. So then all of their friends see it. Then we also tag each other. So then it shows up on our page as well. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. A little built in uh, virality there. I like it. Uh, what did you do on the, on the SEO front? So the SEO front. I like spent, Nick was so impressed. Um, I spent like a day doing this that time when we were in Southeast Asia, just like tagging pictures. So it, it had to do with putting, I think I just did a quick Google search on, you know, how to optimize SEO for photography. Yeah. And it, a lot of it had to do with um, putting alt text, I think, on on the photos, making sure that the file name of the photos is something searchable. And then um, also adding, a, you know, 500 word uh, text to each blog post with with some specific keywords um, in there. So if you, you know, for us, we wanted to show up for Livermore wedding photography, that type of thing. So making sure that those keywords are sprinkled throughout, that the the alt text um, is something that's relevant to the picture, which takes a little bit more time. Yeah, uh, I was I was really impressed with this. Like yeah, like like Brent said, we were in uh, we were in Southeast Asia. We were I was playing digital nomad. Like I. I you know, couldn't go the whole month without working. And so she was like, well, what am I going to do? And so she did all this research on local SEO. And, you know, by the end of, you know, by the time we got back, like you guys were already on the first page. Of, yeah. It was nuts. I should definitely check that and see if we're <laughs> still there. But um, yeah, it was, um, I was surprised at how, how quickly actually um, we were able to, to get there, to get to the top. Which is kind of cool. So I guess the takeaway there is if you're not in a giant city and you're offering some kind of niche service, it's 
it's probably not that hard to get on the first page of Google. And, and have you seen some inquiries come through the site? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen some come through the site. Honestly, like I said, more comes from word of mouth. But um, we've definitely had – actually, we, we've got a lot of family family photography inquiries through through the site. People who are just looking for like Livermore family photography um, comes okay. a lot through that site. Yeah. Cool. Um, any other investments since uh, since then? More more equipment, more <laughs> advertising. What else has been going on? Um, let's see. I would say you know we we've upgraded our equipment a little bit, not too much. Um, what else have we done? Not that much, actually. I mean, um, typically low overhead at this point. Yeah, we both got new computers just to make the editing go a little bit faster. <laughs> but um, yeah, aside from that, um, and equipment, we got we finally, um, like I said, got became adults and got some Moo cards. So we were. Pretty pumped about that. Oh, business cards. Move business cards. Yep, that was that was a fun one. Yeah, that's about it. Well, cool. It's, it's exciting now because it's like, well, we could we could do uh, you know uh, only a handful of weddings, and we'd make the same amount as we did the entire first year because of the rates have gone up, and it's mm-hmm. and it's about working. Uh, you know, working smarter, not harder for these side hustles. So I love it. Bryn, thank you so much. It's brookeandbryn.com if you want to check out some pictures. Uh, Instagram.com slash Ashley for, I guess, personal pictures. She, <laughs> she has legions of Instagram followers. And legions. <laughs> occasionally uh, you'll see weird pictures of me and the dog on there, the side hustle shih tzu as well. We'll uh, wrap it up with your number one tip for side hustle nation. Oh, my favorite question that I have such a hard time with. Um, So I think this one is the, you know, just... Just go out and do it, um, which I'm sure everybody kind of says a version of. But um, from the standpoint of that, it's a, a huge confidence booster. You know, just getting that first uh, positive affirmation that that this can actually work. It's surprising, you know, how how far that goes in in boosting your confidence and um, encouraging you to continue um, with all. Like I said, if we hadn't gotten inquiries that first day, that first week, and actually booked a wedding, I have no idea if we'd be here right now. Ooh, I have, okay. Oh, I do like having a partner. Oh, I, I said that's two. Okay. That yeah. works. Yeah. So having, having somebody else there is, is really, it's very helpful because I think you can often get yourself going into not a downward spiral, but just um, overthink everything. And it's nice to have someone there to tell you either, yep, we need to continue to overthink this or, you know, let's just go with option A and, and be done with it. And you don't have to find a, you know, Nick doesn't have a, a side hustle partner, I suppose, but he, you know, works with other people. They have their little mastermind groups, you know, anybody that can just help provide some feedback or insight on anything you're doing just so you get somebody else's opinion and you're not just sitting in your own little cave. Um, yeah, I think that's helpful. Absolutely. It's been uh, very, very helpful for me. Like I spent the first five or six years of my entrepreneurial journey trying to go at it completely alone and you always think the grass is greener from uh, you know corporate life where it's like somebody else is always telling you what to do I want to be I want to be my own boss and then you get there and you're like well now what do I do there's no there's no one there to help prioritize these tasks and projects so I'm um, definitely like having someone else to uh, to bounce ideas off of and very grateful to have a, a fellow side hustler in the house to to always have some feedback and, and suggestions as well. Brent, thank you so much. This is uh, Side Hustle Show number one. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know Brent was a little nervous to get behind the mic and a little under the weather as well, so she's definitely a good sport for that. And of course, I'm very proud of the side hustle success that she and Brooke have built and hopefully found some value in uh, in those five steps that she shared as well. So it's find a support group, a partner, a mentor, uh, or an apprenticeship related to your hobby, whether or not you 
want, regardless of whether or not you even think that this could be a business down the road, I think that's a good practice uh, just to get better at what you like doing, you know. Uh, number two was build a portfolio of your of your work so you can showcase that to potential clients down the road or just so you have that and you can look back and see what you've done. Number three was get a customer, even if it's for a very low rate. Step four was raise those rates, step up your game because you are worth it. Number five was invest in yourself and in growth and hustle away. Now, despite the the nervous nervousness, uh, probably on both of our parts, you probably heard uh, confidence as a common theme throughout the conversation. Now, the way uh, the math on this side hustle works out, it would be very difficult for the this photography business to ever become a full time thing and fully replace her engineering salary, and that's totally okay. But from from my vantage point, the the biggest payoff of this side hustle has been a change in psyche like hey i found something outside of work that i enjoy doing and that other people find valuable it's a creative outlet i think has improved her happiness not that she was an unhappy person before but i think it's reduced stress and even though she has more things to do more responsibility uh, today both in terms of this side hustle and at her day job it's it's you know helped on all on all of those fronts uh, learning how to run a business and get customers and like doing the whole thing has been has been awesome. Great, great experience for that. And on top of that, she's going to be a great mom. I'm going to be on babysitting duty next summer while uh, she and Brooke are off shooting weddings again. So notes and links for this one at sidehustlenation.com slash 150. Thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Be good to each other. Let's make something happen. And I'll see you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.